Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for allowing us to come into your presence. Tonight, Lord, I'd like to continue with the discussion of the tribes of Israel. Lord, in talking about the blessings and the timing that we're in now and the importance of the work that the tribes have to do that are coming now before you, or that you're going to seal, that you're going to cause the people to come out. Lord, I'd like to go again and discuss the tribe of Naphtali, which is the fifth tribe that you seal of the 12,000 in Revelation 7. And I've talked about this one. The name means the struggles or fights. Um, this is the second son of Rachel's handmaiden, the sixth son of Jacob. And sixth is always the work of the kingdom, doing the actual physical work of producing the fruit and, and the labor and so forth. And Lord, I, I'd like to bring out that issue of this because it's very important that people begin to understand, dear Lord, that you have a plan for the world. And dear Lord, that the people that's ruling the world right now are not in it. The plan is you would like them to have them to come into your kingdom, but they're going to be cast out from you. Many of them are going to be destroyed. And dear Lord, none of the house of Edom are going to be left. And Lord, uh, I'd like to show why this is true and why this is important with the tribes so that they begin to understand the importance of the work that they have to do. Lord, you tell us in the scriptures, and I'm going to go into this in a minute, but dear Lord, you tell us that it'll be the people who possess the South, your people who listen to you, obey you, that possess the South, who will overcome Edom. Edom is, is, is considered in the Bible to be Rome. Dear Lord, it's not the Vatican, as people say. Rome is it's the Holy Roman Empire. Dear Lord, it's the Holy Roman Empire that's headed out of London. And if people go to London, They'll begin to see, dear Lord, even if you go back to the, the the Queen's 60th year tribute and so on, she rode in a Roman boat. They used Roman bells. They used the Roman ship on the river because, dear Lord, they celebrated the river because in 2008, they had made her, all the leaders of the nations of the world, signed secretly the law of the sea treaty which made her the owner of all the seas and the rivers that go to the seas and she rules over them all and she rode in this in a roman boat and lord she stood purposefully with her husband behind two seats they did not sit in that chair because the bible very clearly says that the king is not her husband the king is the is the person in charge of all the the uh, treasuries of gold and silver. And he's not physically the man doing that. It's actually Jacob Rothschild. Aaron Jacob Rothschild is head of the Rothschild family, head of all the treasuries of all the nations in the world. The queen owns all things. She owns the treasuries and all that. But the king 
that rules over those is the person the Bible declares is in Daniel eleven forty three to forty five is the one who controls the 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 gold and silver, the treasuries of the nations. And every year he comes and dear Lord he meets with the cabinets of the United States government secretly in the last week of February and he approves the budgets for the coming year of what they can do and not do. The, the bills that they're going to sign, the bills they're going to bring forward, they, they know ahead of time. Lord, I was told on January 30th exactly what they were going to do during the year of 2002, January 30th, 2002, what they were going to do, what the president was going to do, what he was going to say. These are things that are approved. And dear Lord, they knew what the Congress was going to vote, the hearings they were going to have, and what the decisions already had been made. It hasn't anything to do with debating. They're already done. And dear Lord, he's the king of the north. And dear Lord, you tell us in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 8.4, that by the words of the king, the power is found. And Lord, we see this, dear Lord, in, in these nations. Dear Lord, because you say all these kings, there's 10 kings, and a little horn rises up between them and rules over them. A horn is always symbolic of the words of their power. It is the horns on their head. The head is the thought process by which they make their decisions. And so, the Lord, the head of this, the horn. And that's why they always, you see the queen makes statues of unicorns. She's symbolic of her power, you know, that she raises up. That's the crown trust system. And if they go to the statue in front of the Buckingham Palace, they see that Queen Victoria, who was, who was a Holy Roman Empress, had the title Imperatrix in Roman letters. And that's what she is. She's of the Roman. She was the Holy Roman Empress of her time. She overthrew the Tsar, the Tsar of Russia and so on in that time, had him assassinated. It's well known by people in the system. And Lord, we pray that people begin to find out these facts and understand that they're being ruled by this queen all the nations are Russia, China. They're all walking in agreement. In 2008, they also signed a document that caused the United States, Russia, and China to agree that they will not move any gold without the approval of each other and by the authority of the Crown Trust. So she rules over it. Now, that's important because I'd like to discuss this, dear Lord, at this time and why it's important for people to understand this fact. Lord, it tells us in the in Genesis 49:21, Naphtali is a deer let loose. He uses beautiful words. See, the, the deer is the precious deer of the morning because you are rising as the son of righteousness and you're going to put the dew on the grass for us. The deer gets up early and eats the dew, the grass with the dew on it, the water of heaven. And it, we use beautiful words if we're like the deer because we get those words early. And dear Lord, Naphtali is going to speak these words and he's going to have your favor. And the people of the, of the understanding with this will understand the importance of this tonight, I believe. In Deuteronomy 33, 23, it says, And of Naphtali, he said, this is Moses recording what you gave him to speak. Oh, Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord, possessed the West and the South. Remember that he's the sixth son. The sixth spirit is the work of knowledge of the works we are to do for the kingdom of God. And he's the fifth one sealed, which means you're giving him the spirit of might, 
You're giving him the beautiful words to speak because in the words of the king, which you are the king, Lord Jesus, and in the words of the king, the power is found. So you're giving him the blessing to speak the beautiful words at this time of the day of the Lord. So he can possess the West, which is the West is the way of the wicked. He's going to overcome them. And he's going to possess the South, which is all their possession. Everything that they've stolen, blessed, and taken power over without respecting the inheritance right to the kingdom. Like right now, from according to Revelation 6, 1 to 2, according to Revelation 4 and 5, according to the scriptures of the, of the Old Testament as well. Because you said in Zechariah 14, 7, at the beginning of the day of the Lord, let there be light. And light comes by the entrance of your words and your words enter the world by a messenger in April 2003. And because of this, dear Lord, it means that the day has begun. Day of the Lord has begun. It's the time to possess the West and South because they have no authority to hold dominion. The people who are saying that the president and the governments and the DHS and all these have permission of you to rule is wrong. The queen made a big deal of putting on her Roman boat, E-T-R. I mean, E-2, in other words, Roman numerals, 1-1. In other words, Elizabeth II, R, Regina, which means by birth. Yes, she's by birth, but her dominion right has been taken away by God in 2003, and yet she's still trying to claim it. She has no authority to rule, neither do the Rothschilds. None of them have authority to rule, neither does Obama, Trump, any of these. No politician has any authority whatsoever to rule over the nations of the earth or the lands of the earth at this time. And the Lord tells them, to come out of the world before the winter, because in the winter time he's taken dominion, which is made clear in Daniel 7, uh, verse 12. He says, for a season in time, and a season is the winter. He starts that and makes it known that in the morning, the, the, uh, the, the, when the morning comes, he has dominion. He's going to confirm the covenant, but he takes over. The end of it comes with the flood that he overthrows, which he tells us is going to be in the winter. And we're basically one month away right now 30 days away from that day when the winter begins we have 30 days at this time for the people to get themselves straight because 30 days is the time of the preparation of ministry if you want to share in the work and the blessing of naphtali you better move quickly you know it's very interesting that this year which they're saying there's not you know the queen in there they say it's a joke but last year it Christmas time, whoever did the report said that the queen is saying that she's going to make an end to Christmas, it's going to be the final Christmas. But the Pope also said this, and people say, oh, you made a mistake. No, he said this is going to be the final Christmas because of the war and the violence of the people and so on. He's foretelling what they're going to do because he's in on it. I held paperwork in my hand which showed that the Pope was supporting financial assets to the lady in charge of the global genocide who reports directly to Jacob Rothschild. So he's very much, the Vatican is very much in tune of bringing about the one world order and destroying all Christianity. Christmas should be destroyed. God is going to stir them up, I believe, to destroy it because it is not the Lord's birthday. And who wants to celebrate a birthday on a pagan holiday named after a pagan when it's supposed to be our holy God and king? What a dishonor 
by the people of the world to celebrate Christmas as Jesus Christ's birthday when it is not. It is a shame, a sin, a, an abomination to the name of the Lord. That is the word of God that they do not know. Revelation 19, 11 to 13. John 8, 43 to 47. It says, if you will not keep my words, you're not of, you do not love me. He says, if you don't keep my words, John 8, 47. It says that uh, you will not be of God. You're not of God. If you keep Christmas, you're not of God. It's not the time to celebrate God. This year, it should be the end of it. They're right. It should be the end of it. You know, Obama joked in the in the press briefing when he started his second term that he says he's going to make an end to Christmas. And that's a joke. You know, yes, he's trying to say he's going to make an end to Christianity. It's a time to come out from these people. Now, I'm saying all this because we're at a time of very importance and we need to know why we should come out. And we should know who is going to do it. And the Lord told us this in this scripture of Moses' recording of Naphtali, who uses the beautiful words that come with the morning. And we should get these in the night because that's when the seal comes. And we have until April next year, 2017, is the beginning of the morning of the day of the Lord. If we don't get it in this winter season, we're not going to have it in the spring when, he, when his morning starts. You're not going to have it if you don't come out before the winter if you're of the Lord. And you're going to see why. I think that they're going to have a great troubling. It's going to start with this, probably this coming Thanksgiving. I don't know, but it sure sounds like it from all the prophecies. I want to read this Deuteronomy 33, 23 one more time. And of Naphtali, it says my wrestling, my struggle for the fight for the Lord. That's what Rachel's really saying. It's saying, and of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord, possess the west and the south. You know why he's saying wrestling? You know, Jacob would later go on and wrestle with the Lord to get a name. He wanted to know the name of the Lord, and the Lord gave him a name. He says, why do you chase my name? Because he knows he was chasing his name. His name is the word, and he was chasing after the word of God. He wanted to know the work of the kingdom. He wanted to do that kingdom work because he had taken the blessing and it was given to him and he was going to fulfill it and God had made a covenant with him and he returned and he was trying to get fulfillment of that covenant, which was like a complete blessing. And he got a double blessing. He got two names. He got the name Jacob, which is zealous for the Lord, zealous for the Lord's inheritance, and Israel, which is like the vicarious governor. In other words, the person zealous to carry out the word of God according to the covenant of God, not according to, you know, disobeying the covenant. The covenant of God is vengeance is his and word is to go forth like God. A governor, a vicarious governor of God does the spirit of God, walks in peace and humility and understanding and overcomes the world by peace. I'll show you this in the, in the, in the scriptures tonight. It's kind of, very important that we understand it. If we if we read the book of Obadiah, it's a very important book. It's for this day. He goes in and tells you this is of this day. And he's talking about, again, as I've talked about before, the most important thing to the Lord is we do not seek the inheritance of the kingdom. 
We don't even know what it is. All things are made by his word, so the inheritance of his kingdom is his words because it makes the kingdom. By his words, all things are done. By his words, they'll never come back void. His, you know, he said, heaven and earth could pass away, but his words will never pass away. He said, technically, they could pass away, but they won't pass away because of his word. The only way he'd pass it is if he failed. It can't fail because his word cannot fail. But by themselves, they could. See, you have to understand also that in the heavens, they're going to change. Everything that is of darkness can be cast out. It's like being you know, circumcised by, by the sword of the Lord. He's going to cast all darkness out of the heavens. That's his work. He's going to create a kingdom that's light. The night will be cast out into the deep with the, with the people. And it'll be sealed with them. They'll never see morning again. They'll never see the fulfillment of the word. They're only going to get the message of the word. That's why night is out there. He seals, he gives instruction in the night, but they're never going to see a morning where the word rises with them again. They'll only see darkness and the thieves and the, and the bugs and, and all the things that destroy their bodies continuously because their soul is going to be put in a worm. It's going to not have any arms or legs. That's why he's telling you in Job 18 that, you know, they're like strapped. They, they can't, they're, they're, they're roped in. In other words, they're bound by their hand and their feet in a worm's body. Jesus said their worm will never die. So you see, in the beginning of Obadiah, in the first verse, it's even telling us here, this is concerning Edom. And Edom, as I, and you can find this in the scriptures, Edom is considered to be Rome, but it's, we're talking about the Roman Empire. It is not just the city of Rome. We talked about the seven mountains. Those are the seven beast kingdoms. But it's, you know, there's seven hills in Rome. And people talk about that, but that is just a figurehead. The, you know, if you go to, um, you go to uh, England, you'll hear them constantly. Even at uh, William and Kate's wedding, they sang that song of Jerusalem and it being, I mean, it's, it's a terrible song. It's abominable. And they sing this song it basically said the, it, it's referring to the fact that they're saying the Lord wasn't married and he came to, uh, they took him off the cross and brought him to England and he's going to build a new Jerusalem there at this time. You know, it's all false. They, they, these, they've run the Vatican. They elect the popes and the rest of it. I've explained all that before. But in this first verse of Obadiah, listen to this carefully. It says, we have heard a report from the Lord and a messenger was been, has been sent among the nations. Now that's Malachi 3.1. You know, God has sent a messenger. He said he would send a messenger at this time. He did it with John the Baptist. He did it at this time. And he, he, the message is to make known that the covenant, uh, it's time to rise up and that the new covenant is ready to be confirmed. The Lord is going to appear and he, at the separation judgment and he's going to confirm the new covenant. But we have to rise. See, I've been telling people that what it says right here, it says, arise, let us, let us rise up against her for battle. The Lord has already told us in Revelation 18, 1 to 2, and also in Isaiah 21, 1 to 10, or 1 to 12, he told us Babylon's fallen. From the moment the words are open, Babylon fell. When somebody received the words on the earth, which he said he would send a messenger, and I made known the words in 2003 is the word the Lord made known. He anointed me with the sword on um, June 8th at 1.31 in the morning on June 8th in 1985. 
And then he opened the words to me in 2003. In April, I began to do the recordings of the writings, making known the power of God, which I found out is in the words of God. I thought it was in the frequency and the energy, and that has nothing to do with it. Frequency and the energy is a thought process of the scientists of the world. It's not located in that. It's located, the power is found in his words. That's what he's saying in Isaiah 55, 11. The heaven and earth could pass away. Heaven and earth means all the equipment, all the science, all the machinery, all this other stuff could pass away. But his words will never pass away. So the greatest science, the greatest power is the promises of God that are unlocked by his set-apart holy words that he's trying to get us to receive. And he sent me to make that known. I've made it known, been crying it out. And I've been telling the people every year to come out because the Lord is ready. We got to enable the war to come forth. The war is the flood of the dragon's mouth. They've been ready since at least 2007. They had even practiced drills in 2007 in April and May and June of being ready to come forth to start the war. <clears throat> the Crown Trust was ready. But God held them off because only the Father can discern the moment they're going to come out. And you're going to see that he's going to pull them out just like he says in Ezekiel 38. Because the Ezekiel 38 war is this war. The Gog and Magog war that's at the end of the millennium is another one. And that one's described and it's, it's very simple and very quick what happens with that. It's three and a half years of timing is because he says it's a short time. Uh, he'll test the people, but then they'll come up against Jerusalem. They won't even get near it because they'll be consumed by fire from heaven. That's a different thing. This battle is much different. This battle is a battle of a harvest. This is a battle where we are to call forth the word of God and change the people calling forth and recognizing that we must fulfill Daniel, uh, uh, Daniel 9, 24, which says we must anoint the king. The Lord is king. The most high God is king. Because he's taken away dominion of the others. He did that when he, in Revelation 6, 1 and 2, when he entered the words. Opened the first seal and opened the words. That is a, from God himself. The words are judgment. And we're to be judged by the words of God. We haven't come out and believed the words. And we haven't. Instead, we're following the words of the world. And the ways of the world and so on. And because of that, we're losing the most precious things. I'm going to explain to you tonight what we're losing. So that you can understand it. Uh, and want it. Okay, so what I'm trying to tell you is every year I've said, come out, come out, the war is ready. That's what the Bible says. Tell them, let us rise up against her for battle. See, we battle by receiving the words of God that overcome her, not by, you know, getting food supplies stacked up, not by getting weapons, not by hiding out in the mountains, not by going where we want to go or doing what we want to do and not by cursing, not by any of those things. We overcome them by the word of God, by peace. We speak peace. Those who reject peace are judged for the words. And that's how they get overthrown. We have to go forth with our sword, which is the word of God, by the spirit of God, unlocking the spirit of the Lord. We don't want to destroy people. They destroy themselves at this time. They must be judged by the words. We must enable them to judge themselves by the words. We must give them the opportunity with the intent of our heart that they be saved. Because you said, Lord, all who call upon your name shall be saved. And we want them to call upon your name and be saved instead of be destroyed. It's a shame to what the world is doing. In this Obadiah, there's, there's many things. You know, um, 
it, it's terrible. It says there, like in verse 7 of Obadiah 1, it says, those who eat your bread shall lay a trap for you. No one is aware of it. See, from 1948 on, they've been eating our bread. See, bread is is good bread made for instruction. But instead, they're giving us bad instruction. Even the preaching is bad instruction. But they've been destroying our food by the FDA, which his intent was to take away the nutritional value. So it's symbolic of destroying our food. They've been taking our bread away and eating it because they've been giving us stuff that kills us little by little, putting toxic chemicals. Even they put arsenic in the chickens we eat all the time. You know, you go to McDonald's, get chicken nuggets and all these things we're giving our children. They're sterilizing our children with the fruit drinks and the rest of it that they give them. The vaccinations are doing terrible things to us. The the water we drink is putting things in us like the aluminum and so on. All this stuff is getting in our bodies to destroy us, cause our brains to slow down and so forth. This is taking away our bread. Because when we do not use herbs, when we don't know the words of God, we can't overcome these works of the devil. See, the words of God has power over all these things that are against us. We, we talk about getting organic foods. We talk about getting herbal medicines and the rest of it. But the real answer is what lasts forever and gives us life. Life overcomes all these toxic things. Life comes by the words of God, John five twenty four, and many other verses. Look at what it says in John fifteen seven. If we will follow the Lord, abide in his words, what we should desire will be done for us. We desire that our bodies be removed from these toxic chemicals that are in them. If we follow the Lord, he will do that for us. Because he says he'll restore all that the locusts have eaten. And these people are like locusts. Some people say they're shift changers and the rest of it. There's demons in these people. See, one of the problems that people say CERN's opening up a black hole and letting all the pits come out and everything else. No. You have to understand, when the words were opened, Satan was cast to the earth. You're not going to let, he's not going to come from the pit. He's going to the pit. He's headed to perdition, the Bible says. But he is right now on the earth. He's already lost his, lost his domain in heaven. And the Masonic order worships the devil. The queen worships the devil. They're all part of the Masonic order. And their king, their god, is the devil. And he's been defeated. Babylon has fallen. They don't have any authority to rule. And they're following a fallen king. We are following a raised king who will be having dominion by the authority of God come winter time. So we need to come out from these people because they are going to their destruction. And they're going to be destroyed by the people who raise up and believe the scriptures and just speak the words in peace. There's nothing they can do about that. See, it tells us in Obad- Obadiah 1, 15 and 16, it's for the day of the Lord should come upon all the nations and uh, is near as you have done it shall be done to you your reprisal shall return on your own head the lord says in revelation 18 that pay them back double for what they've done and double for what they're planning to do the south is the way of the double blessing i've explained that many times in many writings i'm going to explain that a little bit more real quickly we're not going to keep going long tonight and i'm not going to keep ranting here i want to get you some fact that you can understand and you can go to the scriptures and see it. If you will look, it's telling us in Numbers 24, 18 to 19, Edom shall be possessed and seers shall become the possession of his enemies and Israel shall triumph. Now, Israel are those 
that's Jacob who is zealous to seek the name of God and get the name of God that God gives him. The name Israel is the vicarious governor, which means he walks in only the path the Lord guides them and not in the way of themselves. He changed their walk. Their walk is done by Psalms 119.105. He's a light to our path. The word is a light to our path. They change and they walk in the way of the word and they obey the Lord, knowing that the word is going to judge these people. They have faith that the word is going to judge these people. They don't, uh, you just don't go out and curse people and, and condemn them. You have to have a heart that's humble, knowing and fearing the Lord that that could be you. If if we miss out, if we upset the Lord with our uh, like a Korah attitude. You know, Korah was so believing that he was right, that he stood in front of the Lord all night. And during the night, that that Lord struck him and that he went right through the earth, out into the pit. But they were convinced. They'd been hearing from the Lord. They had the knowledge of the words. They had all these things. And they were destroyed because they went against God's anointing, but not in the, just in God's anointing. It, it, Moses told them, look, Aren't you satisfied with what God has given you to do? Why do you want more? You know, what you've got is glorious. You know, God appoints each one of us a work, and he only works through that, and you can only receive from him what was given to your name. So why why seek out something that's not coming to you? See, from the, from the womb, the Lord told uh, Jacob's mother what the way would be that this one would be zealous for him and overcome the other because God is zealous for his inheritance. He's coming, as it says in Zephaniah 3, 8, zealous for the inheritance of the people. So that is what he's doing there. And that's why that's important for us to keep that knowledge. Now, it goes on and it's, it's telling us here, Edom shall be possessed and uh, seers shall become the possession of the enemies and Israel shall triumph. A ruler shall come out of Jacob and destroy the remnant of the city. Rulers, this is the Messiah. This isn't us. This is the Messiah coming up. What I'm saying is the Lord is going to rise, and he's going to give authority to his word. In the winter time, he will destroy this beast kingdom. It isn't going to be us. The Lord is going to do this. We're going to speak his words. It's going to be done. He's going to cause these people to be riled up. He's going to cause them to turn against each other. He's going to cause them to hate because he tells you in Revelation 17, it isn't his people that's going to destroy these people. They overcome them by the word because when the word is made known, the spirit rises up and the spirit is going to cause those people to turn against each other and destroy the harlot, the city of the harlot. They're going to destroy it. They're going to not want anything to do because they know they're getting these plagues. Because all those that come against these people are going to get the plagues of Zechariah 14, 12. And the queen has come against these plagues. Even she's come, her people has come against me. They, they, they put me in the hospital with poisoning. I was given less than 24 hours to live. God turned that around. Other times they threatened to kill me. They've done a lot of things. Poisoned me a couple other times. One time they were going to set a bomb in a car and God interrupted that. Many times if these people have come. But the Lord has done. I'm not boasting in this. I'm praising the Lord. But see, it's not up to them. The Lord will take me when my work is done. And I'll be glad to, 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 to do what the Lord says. But until then, no matter what they do, it's like three men in a fire. If you believe in the Lord, you're going to succeed if it's the Lord's will. Whatever the Lord's will is, that's what I want to do. So it, it says here, a ruler shall come out of Jacob. Our job was to make known. 
simply to make known that the Messiah is coming to make the new covenant. I've explained that. I've made it known. I've told about the winter. I was the only one telling about the, the gap time where the Lord reigns for seven years, the season in seven years. I'm the only one to explain that the beast kingdom, fifth beast kingdom. You never hear that. You always hear about the, the seven years of the Antichrist and the ten kings and the rest of it. That's not true. It's not the way the scriptures is. I'm not boasting on this. I'm just telling you God has done that for a testimony so that you can know the messenger he sent, but nobody else had this message. And they said that this message of his words was straight from the pits of hell. This is the message that overcomes the world. This is the message that you can overcome the world. By which you can overcome the world. Now it tells us very clearly, you know, Edom, the city of Edom, the way of Edom, it's a city he's talking about. It's the way of a people. And the way of that people is Rome. They're the ones that reject the inheritance of God and complain. I mean, they they promote their own inheritance. And they want to kill the inheritance of God. They want to destroy this message before it comes out. They can't do it. It's already out. It's already known. And God is going to make it known more. It's going to overcome them. Because the Lord is rising up against them, not me. I would like to see them saved. I'd like to see them hear the truth. They've had the book. It's the introduction to pure language. It went to them in 2009 in, in the month of February. So they had the opportunity and they, they knew it within 24 hours. But they rejected it. It says on, on and Isaiah 17, 18 says, But on Mount Zion there shall be a deliverance and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. The house of Jacob, those who are zealous for the word of God and the inheritance of the kingdom of God shall possess the possessions. They shall overcome. And it's described in the blessings of the ten tribes as the tribe of Naphtali. But it's all those who use the beautiful words of God. The beautiful words, the words of God with understanding and wisdom behind them in the way of the seven spirits and riding the four horses, the first four spirits. And then they overcome the world. And by the might of God, they have the authority to do it because God is going to release his power for the winter time. These people have less than 30 days. And then God is going to cause them to be in trouble. Things are going to start happening to them. They're going to come out. They're going to do bad things. They're going to be destroyed. Now, here's the, um, it says here at verse 18, says, the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. See, the fire is a, a burning fire is the word of God. And the flames, Joseph, the tribe of Joseph, which was given the, the blessings of the deep and so on, they're going to just consume all these things. Because Joseph understands. He's understanding the work. He's got the hidden power. He's the 11th son, Joseph, Jacob. And the house of Esau shall be stubble. They shall kindle them and devour them. See, it's Joseph is also the is symbolic of the children of Jacob who come forth zealous for the inheritance and the kingdom of God, doing what's right and what's necessary to deal with the kingdom of the world. Joseph dealt with um, Egypt in accordance to the plan of God. And that's what we're saying here. Joseph and now are the people who understand the plan of God that he's going to overcome this beast kingdom with. Because it tells us we will in Revelation 15, 1 to 4. We will overcome them. It says here, um, for the Lord has spoken. And then it goes on. This would be a very interesting thing. 
The South shall possess the mountains. This is Obadiah 19.21. The South shall possess the mountains of Esau, and the lowland shall shall possess Philistia. They shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria. Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Now, here's a really important one. The South, it says, shall possess. The South are those carrying the double blessing of the Lord. That's like getting the, the cloak of Elisha. Elisha. You know, he had Elijah, and Elisha is also, he wanted the, the power of God to bring forth the revival. It's that time for that revival. Because here's what he says. It goes on in verse 20. It's very important you catch this. The capt- and the captives of this host of the children of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. Now, here's the key part. The captives of Jerusalem who are in Sepharad shall possess the cities of the south. Remember what the, it said up here, the south shall possess the mountains of Esau? <laughs> okay, they're in the south, the mountains are. But listen to this. The captives of Jerusalem. Jerusalem means a reign of peace. It is the foundation of peace. It's the uh, possession of peace. But the reign is the pouring out of the seven spirits of God upon the people for the purpose of bringing forth the kingdom of God because he said those who are peacemakers inherit the kingdom. The kingdom is the inheritance of the words of God, the full authority of the power of the words of God. These are the captives of Jerusalem. And it says, who are in Sepharad? What is, you know, the really interesting word. It's the only time it's used in the scriptures here. And this meaning of this word is not understood by people because they can't grasp it because they can't discern his words. See, it tells us the meaning of Sepharad has been unclear for the word as the meaning of the book rules or those whom the writing subdues. How do we overcome the world? If we're judged by the words of God. How do we want what we desire? We abide in the walk of the Lord and we abide in his words and what we desire be done for us. Those who get the words and are sealed like sons of God will have eternal life and they subdue the possessions of these people of Rome. The elite leaders of the world are going to fall to his people who have the authority of God. It's just like Jesus walking into the, the temple and speaking. They want to stone him, but they can't stone him. He walked right out because he walked in a direct path to the door. See, we don't understand the doorposts. The doorposts are going to follow and fall and the, and the, and the, the thresholds are going to tremble. It's like on the threshold of the queen's coach, she's got the face of Zeus. It's going to tremble because she doesn't understand that he's done with. Those gods are fallen. God's already declared it in Revelation 18, 1, 13 and a half years ago. But the, for the completion of it is this last year of the night. So we're going to see all these gods disappear. They're going to be destroyed. The people themselves are going to want to destroy it because they're going to realize what they've done. The plagues that are going to come upon them. They're going to see leprosy they've never seen before. It's called Tisarit. It's going to eat their body so the body looks red. Blood and flesh. Or the flesh just eaten off and the, and the pus coming out of their body. Their limbs and their sexual organs gone. Their eyes dissolved in their eye sockets and the tongues in the dissolved in their mouth, but they won't die. They're walking dead men that are going to be put out for the plague so that the people can scoff at them. Because the people are going to go out into places where God is going to drive these people, where they're suffering from all this pain. 
They will die in their time. Because he's going to destroy the house, the the, the uh, empire of, of the Roman empires, all these palaces of the people, all those who will not convert at this time and come to the truth are going to be destroyed. All these royal family members, those wanting to marry in that family, a dangerous thing to do at this time, unless they have no fear of God. But Sepharad is those with the words, those who have the withstanding and knowledge of the words. That's what that verse is a critical verse. It's verse 20 of uh, Obadiah 1. Verse 20. They shall possess the cities of the south. God's going to cause the possessions to be given to them because why? They don't want it for themselves. They want it for the kingdom of God. And why don't they need to worry about it? Because there's something marvelous that God is going to do. You know, remember back in Leviticus 26? I, I, I tell you, Ezekiel 36, 35 and Joel 2, 3 says that they're going to go forward like God's army, which means it's going to speak his words because the word is going to be strong before them, it says in uh, Joel 2. And they're going to speak the words of God. And that just speaking the words in peace causes those people to flee because the devil has no peace in him. He's not allowed to. And if, they're, if the devil's possessing these people, they're going to run. They're going to be left. They're leaving because they know they're going to be destroyed. And if the devil stays in those, he'll be cast out early. He will not do that. The demons will run because of this destruction. And they'll take those people with them. They'll flee because the demons know they can't come against the words at this time. And the demons know that if they possess a body with these plagues, they get the pain. So they're going to run. They're going to get these people away from those of the words to reduce the pain that they're going to receive during this time of the 20, about 21 months of Revelation, uh, the seventh seal judgment. Seventh seal judgment is going to remind them of all the work that they've done, and they're going to get the pain for that because he's going to drive them into the wilderness where they're going to have those pains. It says here in verse 3, it's Leviticus 26, it says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely, and I will give peace in the land. And you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, all these evil ones. And the sword shall not go through your land. He's talking about their sword, metal swords. You will not have a metal sword in your land. God's going to cause these things to become plowshares. Why do you want them to be plowshares? It's an amazing thing, actually. I want to try to find the scripture here. Well, I can, well, I can get it. In Amos 9, the Lord tells you this. It's verse 13. And you need to understand this. Uh, let me go back and read 11, 11 to 15. This is really good. It says, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, the tent of David. So, you know, remember he tells us in Zechariah 14, we're all going to come to the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is celebrating uh, the, the tent, the tabernacle, but also the tent. Because David said, let me live in your tent all the days. He's talking about the covering of the word of God over the people. It's fallen down and repair. He's going to repair its damages. In other words, he's going to put the words in our heart. He's going to uh, circumcise our heart so the darkness is torn away and we only have love and good works. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old that they may possess the remnant of Edom. See, these are the people of the south. 
This is the people who are going to possess the remnant of Edom. And all the Gentiles are called by my name. Please understand that the Lord is taking us and he's going to graft us in. And all those coming out, calling by his name, is going to bring and, and receive the words of God. The tribes have this blessing. I, I pray the Lord, and he knows all the tribes. There's nobody hiding from his inheritance as he gave us the time of birth and so on. He knows who we are. He knows if we have any of that blood in us. It said, behold, the days are coming. This is what's really cool. To call by his name means called by the word. And that's what Sepharad means. That back in uh, Obadiah 1 is fantastic. Verse 20. It says, Behold, the days are coming when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow to it. See what I'm telling you is this, this is different. Why do you want to take all the weapons and turn them into, because you can just speak this and it's going to be done for you. God's going to show you how to do this. But the reason why you want to do it is, you know, right now we have terrible food. And God tells us, by the way, that we're going to take the old food and we're going to eat that, but God is going to bring us the new food because we have to have the words to bring forth the new food. And there's a time where we'll be learning. And as we get anointed for the words, then the likeness of the Garden of Eden comes. And the marvelous thing about the Garden of Eden is, what this? This is what he's telling you. The plowman should overtake the reaper. In other words, you won't finish the harvest until it's, it's already time, you know. It's you're gonna. In other words, as the as you come forward to eat the food. I mean, as you're uh, gathering it. I'm sorry to eat the food. You're you're already um, ready to plow because the fruit is going to come forth suddenly. It's every month. It's going to be a new harvest. He says it'll come forth that quickly. The tree is going to produce its new fruit every month. Well, it's the same thing with the fields. You'll never lack. You'll be giving it away for the good of doing. And the more good that you do to give things away, the more is going to be given. He says God is going to continue to bless you. This If, if you don't come forward and honor the, the Lord. See, when the people get too much, it's like, you know, there's going to be a shortage of food this winter. The war is going to destroy the food. They're not going to have it available. And you're going to have to depend on the Lord providing the food coming out of the ground as you go where he puts you. But there's going to come a better time yet because as soon as we've been set apart by the Lord and brought into the knowledge and sealed with his word, then you're going to have authority to bring forth this harvest. And you're going to turn these weapons into plowshares. And you're going to plow the land. And as you get the land plowed, already, he's telling you, already as you're plowing, it's already producing. It's coming up. You'll be plowing this field, and over here you plowed yesterday. That thing's busting up. It's bringing forth, and you won't be able to get all your field plowed until it's all produced and harvested. It's just one huge cycle. Marvelous food supply, good food supply, non-toxic, totally organic, made of God, holy food. Because that food, unlike the food we produce, that food is purposed for use to bring forth good works with others. That's why it's going to be so bountiful. God is going to give us that enough so that we can do the good works to help everybody get on the light 
other words, he tells us they're going to put on the rice, the lights on their fine linen on their garment, which is fine linen shines, the shining garment. So they're going to have that shining garment because they're doing good works for others by the righteous acts. The fine linen will be put on our garment. And that's what he's talking about here. What I'm trying to tell you is we have been working, struggling to pay our food bill. God's going to give you so much food, you're going to give it away. And you're going to not only do that, you're going to do the way of plowing in a way that targeted for certain works of people that God leads you to provide for so that they can get their kingdom work done. Because the food provides knowledge. He gave bread because he wanted the people to learn instruction in the wilderness, which they wouldn't do. They mocked it. They, they even treated it like they were disgusted with it. But it kept them. Their feet never you know, swelled. Their clothes didn't wear out. Marvelous things occurred because of the manna that they were eating by the covering of the Lord. It was there every morning. God did that even though they were rebellious, even though they were going to die in the wilderness. It was a testimony to him. This time, it's our testimony to do good works for others. That's a marvelous thing about the wood, the food. And I, I hope I can, you know, that's why he's talking about possess the double blessing. Because the land is going to produce so much that you're going to be giving it out to others, not just for yourself. You'll eat it because you'll be growing what's for you to learn. But you're also going to be growing for others to give it away to them because they can be blessed in the same thing. It's brotherly love, the kingdom love that God wants us to gain because understanding comes by doing that. When you start doing that, you start understanding the plans of God and the times of God and the rest of it. We got to do this. This is what's given to us to do. And we're worried about our economy. We're worried about retirement. We're worried about vacations, about golfing, about all these other things. What a sad thing. War's coming. Destruction's coming. And the glory of the Lord is available to all those who receive it. And those who will come out and get the words, the double blessings for them, possession of the Roman Empire is in their hand. It's in their hand. Not that they should want it, but it's be used for the kingdom of God. You'll turn it into the kingdom. You won't keep it. It's God's. Give it to God and he's going to give you back magnitude in the ground. You're going to see a blessing you can't even contain. You just obey him at this time. This is a different life we're going into. We're coming out of the world and entering the kingdom of God and we don't even understand how to live in the kingdom. We don't even understand the kingdom's coming. We don't even understand this is the time of the covenant of the Lord. He has to come. He has to bring the war. That's what he's telling you in Obadiah 1. has to come. It's for the purpose of separating the people so he can bless us and give glory to the Father because he said it back in Numbers 14, he would raise up a people that would give him glory. I thank you. Lord, we pray that you'll just cause us to be put into the people's heart, that there'll be something here that they will understand. Lord, we pray for your spirit to pour out on them. Let them understand the greatness of your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.